coming up on Just Elders Podcast. I've been trying to get off of this COVID-19 stuff like for a minute. Uh, I be wanting to talk about more stuff. I feel like the podcast has been pretty like serious lately. Like the last few episodes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read off the five things. Then I'm going to bring in some people that I feel like they can help us have some takeaways on each point. First, get sun. Not only get the vitamin D, but activate the melanin in your black skin that helps with your immune system. Looking at creating the family tree, asking family members questions. Now is the time to get to know each other. Here's why that becomes a challenge for most of us. Most of us ain't been traveling with God, so we ain't got no paths for God to come check out, check us out. This is true. Elderberry, echinacea, vitamin C, vitamin D, those would be my big ones. All right, I had, you got me checking myself. I was like, man, let me see if I'm eating some, drinking some raggedy elderberry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm seeing concerts. Like, I don't went to... The Erica Badu concert, the Algebra Blessed concert, the uh, Anthony, Anthony Hamilton concert, the uh, Char- Charlie Wilson concert, and the Kim concert is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I don't went to so many concerts, bro. It's going to be hard to charge me. <laughs> it could come back. Now, one thing I will say, if this shit come back at the end of the year, Then I'm taking it serious But Keith is a real nigga I don't want to let y'all know Ready Born ready This song is for Keith. He thought we were being superstitious. (laughs) This intro is for Keith, (laughs) y'all. Stevie, he knew all the answers, man. He already knew what was happening, man. Guess what? If you believe. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning into the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. That is the Jess Eldridge podcast. I'm super excited because I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time because each week we are getting better and better, smoother and smoother. Um, Before we jump into this episode, let me thank each and every last person that tuned in to last week's episode. Bruh, you can't see Corona? (laughs) Uh, Man, last week's episode, I'm going to be real with y'all. What it did for me 
it got me right. Like I am starting this garden. Like so, I'm tracking it and showing y'all like my journey on IG. Like I met this <laughs> dude that is for real, for real, ready for Doomsday Ground Zero. Like he was going hard and giving me game on my garden. And uh, I be trying to tell y'all like when I put this stuff out. I'm not just putting it out for entertainment. I'm actually trying to live this stuff. I really do feel like I don't want to be what they call food insecure. Like, I want to have food security, so I'm growing my own food. What are you doing? Take action. Take action. Y'all heard Farmer Wayne. He said, throw seeds in the ground, throw them in a fucking cup, but grow something. (laughs) You need to grow something. Um... Also, I want to thank everybody that came to the second version of the uh, Sunday Worship Praise Party. Um, it definitely was a great vibe again this week. Uh, we actually going to put, start putting it on the feed. So if they take it down, they take it down. But we're going to just put it up on the feed. Uh, hopefully, we can have that up this week before we put this podcast in. Y'all can just go back and listen to my gospel playlist live. Uh, before we jump in, let me go to Keith, man. Keith, talk to him. What we got? We got a review in. Uh, we got another review in. Uh, Foxy P. Hey, shout out to Foxy P. She be she be holding it down. Man, Foxy P. You are paying the bills. Like, appreciate you. And and, and one thing I can tell, she's listening. Cause her reviews don't be like on the recent ones. She be going back. So I appreciate it. So on this one, she went back to the footballology episode. She says, "Players max pimps and cheating like an ele- like an elevator." Or an eighth grader who shares a Pepsi. What I don't know what cheating like an elevator is, but <laughs> we'll find out. Up and down. <laughs> <laughs> up and down. Gentlemen, still digging through the GEP crates and stumbled across the episode I prefer to call Shag Boyology, since ladies shouldn't use the F word. The fuck word. Okay. Unbelievable. Yet another candid conversation that I wish more men and women could be privy to or even engage in during their own dating experiences. That was the best playbook for dating that a single sister could ever ask for. Many thanks to all the brothers for being so uh, forthright and painfully honest. Side note, I really hope that young fella <laughs> recovers from the ordeal <laughs> with the eighth grader who shared dude's Pepsi. She didn't mean any harm. It was just great convo. Keith, great production. Keep up the energy, fellas. She talking about chance. That boy chance for hurt, boy. I'm talking about women getting they heart broke all over the world. Um because of this dude. Because of that one piece of that one Pepsi. Um So today, man, you know what? I'm gonna be real. I've been trying to get off of I've been trying to get off of this COVID nineteen stuff like for a minute. Uh, I be wanting to talk about more stuff. I feel like the podcast has been pretty like serious lately, like the last few episodes, and it's needed. It's needed conversations. I'm not mad at the conversations, but you know, I'm used to you know being able to shoot the shit with y'all sometimes, and uh, it ain't nothing but laughing and heckling on the whole episode. We haven't had that in a minute, but like I told y'all, the Just Elders podcast is a podcast of range. So today. Uh, I wanted to go continue and dive deeper into the COVID-19 conversation. And the reason why I want to do that, because last week I had the hypothetical worst case and I felt like that was necessary. But this week I want to talk about the practical right now. 
what can we practically be doing right now during this time? Because if you are trying to help us, you are still self-quarantined right now. Uh, we all should be. Uh, and if you see based off the numbers, the numbers are definitely rising on a whole nother level. Um, I mean, I heard Keith <laughs> hit that car, that that Cardi B. <laughs> Keith was like, it's getting real. <laughs> last look, last episode, Keith had said, I'm still working. How is this real? Bro, how about that same day? <laughs> That same day we got a text talking about we don't got. I ain't gonna let you get that off. I still feel like how I felt. Like I said, you can only take it as serious as where you are. I stand uh, where I was on the testing until we can get some testing. Um, outside of that, you just shut down all entertainment. Food is still open. Groceries still open. Banks still open. I do agree with you now. It might extend for a month, but bro, we. <laughs> but, but Keith is a real nigga. I don't want to let y'all know. <laughs> this nigga just said, yeah, they shut down everything, <laughs> but the restaurants are open. <laughs> hey, look, that's the fucking problem, bro. These motherfuckers really want to see zombies walking around here. <laughs> Before they take this shit serious So um, I know there was an article uh, Someone sent to me From the AJC man And um, It's crazy Um, It's saying It's saying The coronavirus Relentless spread across Georgia Intensified Saturday Capping a week in which confirmed cases Quadrupled And at least 56 people died in just seven hours on Saturday, state officials confirmed 10 additional deaths, bringing to the total of uh, to 79. All have died in just slightly more than two weeks. Why am I saying that? I'm not trying to scare nobody, but I do want to. It's, it's, it's real, man. We can. All right. What if it is fake, right? What if it's not real? Everything's shut down anyway. Why not? Just participate in something that we feel like could help us get this thing over faster. Self quarantine. Look, I am participating now. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. Keep it participating. He ain't just he out here running these streets. <laughs> hey, look, I would not let him in the studio <laughs> with me <laughs> if he was not participating. Shit. Um. So you know me. I said I wanted to have uh, We were trying to figure out What we were going to have What type of episode I said man let's do a Just Elders episode But let's switch it up And let's kind of have A hybrid conversation So I am launching What I'm calling Project COVID <laughs> Original <laughs> Original huh <laughs> During this self-quarantine I want everybody to participate In Project COVID Project COVID obviously is an acronym, C-O-V-I-D. <laughs> and these are the five things that I feel like we can all collectively be doing at one time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read off the five things. Then I'm going to bring in some people that I feel like they can help us have some takeaways on each point. So number one in Project COVID, we are going to see, connect with our family. Number two. 
in Project COVID. The O stands for organize our community. Number three, we're going to value our health. Number uh, four, the I, we're going to innovate our business. And number five, we're going to develop our faith. I think this is a great plan. If we are going to be self-quarantined, let's do come out of this better than which we came in. And these five ways, I think, are very holistically uh, approach to do that. So this first person, let me call them in now. Uh, Dr. White? Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate everything that you're doing right now and the work you got going on. Man, I appreciate it. First of all, let me just say welcome to the Just Elders podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate that. So right now, man, the world is crazy. We got a lot going on. Um, We all should be self-quarantined right now. If we're doing yeah, it right, most definitely. we all should be self-quarantined. And and what I wanted to do today, I'm launching a new project, a new campaign. And this uh-huh. campaign is a five-step process I feel like we all need to be participating in to help us come out of this stronger than which we went into it. So, Absolutely. Um, um, the five points uh, are connect with your family, organize your community, value your health, innovate your business, and develop your faith. I got you on today for the C to connect with your family because you are doing some amazing work on restoring the black family. So one, just tell us who you are, what you do, and what are some practical things we can be doing right now at home with our families to grow? Well, I appreciate you very much. And and let me just say, Eldridge, you know, even tackling um, this is important. Any opportunity anyone can get to learn more information and things to do is critical. Um, again, my name is Dr. Gary White. I am a, a licensed family therapist uh, and social worker. I'm a professor um, at Black Lancet University and a member of Let Us Make Man, in which um, I do the workshop on restoring the black family. Much of my work evolves around um, restoring and strengthening and focusing on building um, a better black family. And, of course, as you know, that always begins with start with myself, then the family, cover the black onto the community. So the strengthening of the, the, the family, um, it begins in that sequential process. So that's the work that I do, and that is literally my ministry. Now, to the C, in, in, in terms of uh, focusing on, on connecting the family, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, it's important sometimes to find an opportunity or a glimmer of light in a very difficult uh, time. And what has happened uh, with this um, self-quarantine and the shelter-in-place movement um, that's designed to save this, this this country, but it's also doing something. And that is, it is requiring families to, um, to be together. Right. It's requiring them to focus and reshift everything. And so in doing so, since you are there and since you all are together, I'm going to tell you how we connect family or keep the family connected during this time. There's a couple things I'm going to pose. And let me say this, we have to consider these things because there is a dark side. Um, without being intentional on strengthening and connecting the family, 
In doing so, there's a negative side in terms of adverse things that can happen. So this is what I'm going to recommend. Number one, since you all are together, start a family tradition. Okay, if you've never sat together as a family and had dinner together, um, take the opportunity to do to do that, or even cook together. Learning to cook or start a new recipe. So definitely, a family tradition is going to evolve around doing some things. Planting, um, you know, if if, if there's a um, above ground or in ground opportunity to plant, do those things as a tradition. I like and that. Number two. And number two, I'm going to recommend that, you know, this is game time and movie time, okay? Now, in a day and age where everyone has practiced and done things separately, you get home, the kids are in their room, the parents in another room and everything, but now you all are going to see each other more frequently. So game and movie night. And, and what I'm proposing here is, number one, think of some, look at some family games. If you've never gotten them or gotten into it before, Everything from taboo to spades to dominoes. So a game night, take that under consideration. And the same thing in terms of a movie night. Um, why? Because Netflix has just done something, for example, that they've never done. You know, now they have a the Netflix party yeah. where, yeah, where we can watch the same movie and comment on those. So you can take that, um, take a, um, um, advantage of that. And then also social media activities. Um, what I have planned coming up with my own family, I've reached out to all of my siblings. And guess what? We are about to all get together. I'm in Atlanta. I have family members in Texas, family members in Louisiana, family members in California. So through Zoom conferencing, we are about to have some family time, planning a family reunion, um, looking at creating the family tree, asking family members questions now is the time to get to know each other and so guess what we're saying take advantage of the social media and do those and of course think of fun i don't care if this is doing a dance or fitness challenge on social media or even um yeah absolutely so try it and and here's what's interesting about the social media piece now you have potentially two to three generations all quarantined in the same house um generation z and x who are digital um, natives um, and who are dig- digital, what we call uh, digital natives, because it's they were born in the time of um, this digital world. And then we have what's called digital immigrants. That's their parents, um, some who had to learn the technology. And then there's those digital refugees, which is your grandparents who've never had anything to do with social media. Well, now here's the opportunity to get everyone engaged in this so that they can also do their connections. So for me, number one, start a family tradition. And number two, game and movie night. Number three, social media activities. I think these things come together. And of course, I will say, Eldridge, you know, my last one is the genogram. Yeah, I'm going to that's, what I, say, that's what I want to think, get into. Yeah, because I think uh, taking that opportunity to learn about um, the, uh, your family and seeing how far you can go up that family tree, I think is critical. Bruh, I appreciate you, Dr. White. Uh, and honestly, I appreciate you for being an example, man. Like, I love watching. Yes, like, sir. you know, Kobe, we started saying that expression, girl dad, when Kobe passed. But, you know, I've yeah. been seeing that in you since the day one I met you. Uh, three amazing daughters, a beautiful wife. And I just thank you for all the work yes, you're sir. doing, sir. I thank you for these points and these takeaways. And I'm going to make sure we blast it out. And we're going to challenge all of our listeners to do that. 
Man, I appreciate you too, and thank you for having me. Uh, all three of my daughters are in separate rooms, and the wife is upstairs, and so we're finding a way to make one um, in these times as well. Appreciate you, brother. Can you tell everybody how to find yeah. you? Yes, you can reach me at find me at evaluatinglife.com. Just log on to the website. You can locate me. And uh, again, I look forward, if you've got family counseling issues or you want to do a family group sessions, just look me up at evaluatinglife.com. All right, Dr. White. Take care. Have a great night. All right. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That right there is Dr. White, my Let Us Make Man brother. Um, Dude is somebody, he says this is ministry, but he's definitely one of the people that not only talks to talk, he walks to walk. Beautiful dude, loves family. Next person I want to call, uh, my good friend, my big brother, Baba Wakesa, another member of Let Us Make Man. He's going to talk to us about how can we organize our community right now during these times. Let me call him. This calling thing pretty cool. What's up, my brother? Baba Wakesa, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Welcome to the Just Elders Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Oh, so glad to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, great work that you're doing, brother. Man, appreciate it. Like I told you before, we are launching what we call in Project COVID, a campaign really just for everybody to take advantage of this moment, flipping something that could be a negative to a positive for our people. Um, the acronym stands for C, connect with your family. O, organize your community. V, value your health. I, innovate your business. D, develop your faith. I wanted to talk to you about the O today, organize your community. You are doing some amazing work right now online like i've been in a couple of your classes and they've been up to 90 people on here people really just learning like because of you there's a garden being put up in my backyard right now um explain people what mop is explain people so they, they don't know what that is to let them know because i'm gonna be saying that while me and you talking <laughs> all right, right. mop is from the tree language and it's short for monikasa uh, and it means good, good speech, good works. It's like right on. It's like, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, sir. And you go, I mean, it comes from your solar plexus. plexus. So, yeah, yeah, man, indeed. So, look, real fast, man, give us All right. how can we right now, I'm self-quarantined. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm self-sheltering. Yes, right. How can right. I be organizing know. in my community? And how can I make my community around me stronger during this time? And give us some practical takeaways. Excellent. Well, one of the first things to do is to um, model um, a, a proactive response. The, the, typically, we're asked to uh, uh, um, do social distancing to stop the transmission or slow the transmission. Cool. No problem. On the other end of the spectrum, folks are working on laboratory and laboratories uh, for vaccines. Cool. And the vast middle is us. Right. And in the past, uh, in World War II, the country uh, appealed to people to grow victory gardens. They were literally part of the victory strategy against in the war was for every American's patriotic duty to grow gardens. Well, they're not doing that now. They're not saying that we need to build our immune system at all. Actually, we are. And and so we call our movement in Golo and we're asking for people to organize in Golo gardens. I don't care if it's containers on your back porch or three square feet in your yard, front yard, side yard, backyard, begin to model that us growing our own food. 
and our going out and getting sun. I tell you, people past my house, I'm still in my yard, but I'm exercising. I'm exercising outside. I'm getting sun. All right. I'm stimulating my immune system. The, the first stage of our, my immune system is macrophages, and they desperately need vitamin D. And a thousand milligrams, I mean, 10,000 milligrams, I mean, excuse me, uh, interna- international units, and you get 20,000 if you go out in that in that midday sun and you stay out there 30 minutes. So it's important that we do the things we need to do to um, uh, get our community. And the way to do it is not just talk, but to, to organize our community. And then another thing is to begin to extend um, uh, um, how we're emotionally connected. So social distancing has uh, separated. I'm glad that a number of people are, are taking advantage and doing things that with services, church services online and all of that. Please keep doing that. Also, we need to extend to each other emotionally. Uh, and so to make sure we're more available to each other, to make sure that we call each other. But now I'm going to take it one step further. In addition to saying, how are you doing? You know, uh, and I will pray for you or and those kinds of things. Begin to ask family stories. Ask about, hmm, you remember when you told me that story about Big Dad or Big Mom or whatever? Would you tell me that again? Or when was he married? Or when did this happen? Now imagine what happens. You talking to an elder or to somebody else, and you beyond the pleasantries of how y'all doing and how you're holding down the virus, you start asking questions about the family. Right. Not challenging, questions that you legitimately want to know. What's the impact? Now, I have an 85-year-old aunt. She called me three days ago. She was concerned. She'd heard on the news that people were saying that old people should die for the nation. When, of course, this nation, my black aunt, ain't never died for her, okay, right. at all. And so I said, Auntie, you ain't got nothing to worry about, okay? Um, I made, it, made sure that, that I want to extend that when I call her and I ask her about her dad, some things that I haven't asked in, in the past, her mother, my grandmother, and, and ask, she lights up, okay? She feels connected. So one of the ways we can, what's important is while we're socially distancing to slow the transmission, make sure we're doing expanded, authentic, emotional connection. Mm. And, and that's, that's, that's reaching out in a number of ways. So the two things you've heard me say is start in Golo Gardens. All right. And and also encourage your neighbor right across the street or next door to, to start your uh, Angolo Gardens and also uh, extend to each other emotionally with depth and authenticity. Hey, I love it. I love every point you made. And one thing you said about asking uh, stories, it's funny. I was with my sister and my nephew and I it just dawned on me. I'm like, man, my nephew, like. I know his mom really well. Like I know stuff about his mom he might not know. So we just sat there for about forty minutes. Just I was just telling him childhood stories about his mom. There you go. Stuff that That's he right. didn't even know. Right. It was funny That's stories, right. but it humanized his mom even more. I'm like, bro, don't let your mama fool you, bro. Like this what go. she was doing when she was younger. <laughs> so, so, well, you make the point. That's exactly the point. Right. So you and he are closer. So even though we're practicing social distance because you chose to go beyond the pleasantries, okay, and asked about or told about family stories, right, then you get to connect more deeply. 
I mean, we can come out of this actually much more knowledgeable about each other, much closer to each other, all right? And that's what we have to do in order to counter the ills because social distancing does help to slow the transmission but also creates its own ills. Right. Anxiety goes up. Suicide goes up. Our immune system goes down, okay? Fear and, and aloneness and isolation, oh, no, no. So those are lethal combinations in this kind of environment when we need our immune systems to be strong. So not only do we need to eat right, okay? And I'll tell people what we're saying straight up. First, get sun. Not only get the vitamin D, but activate the melanin in your black skin that helps with your immune system. I know that many people don't think about melanin at all, and certainly people who know about it often don't think about it as a part of your immune function, but it is. Melanin is a healer. And I ask people, say, you want to, I can prove it to you. Most people that I know grew up with mosquito bites when they were kids, particularly if you were in any part of the South like I was. Right. right. And you scratch your mosquito bites, and people say, stop, 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 stop. Okay, well, you scratch them. They turn into a little sore, and then they heal. Scab comes over, and they heal. What's left after it heals? Just that skin. A dark spot. What's that darkness? That darkness is melanin, y'all. Okay? That's, that darkness is melanin. It comes to your aid, my brother. Well, understand it. Just that it'll come to our aid on our skin, it comes to our aid in our bodies whenever it needs healing. So we want to eat well, drink a lot of water, um, Move as best you can to a plant-based diet. Cut sugar out. You can do anything for eight weeks. I know people say, oh, I can't even do it. For eight weeks, I can do anything, particularly if it's talking about uh, helping me and helping me stay healthy so my 85-year-old aunt can stay healthy and I can help her if she needs it. Oh, I can do anything for eight weeks. So you want to eat a plant-based diet as much as you can. Cut sugar out and uh, increase your um, do things, and just look it up, do things to strengthen our immune system, including do things to feed our blackness, both our melanin and also our social blackness, like you were when you decided to start talking to this brother about his mother. That kind of depth of conversation, family stories is what will, what will save us. It's what saved us in the past. I appreciate that. Can you tell people, uh, how can I get connected with you and everything you're doing and learn more information? Uh, well, you can, um, you can a number of ways. First, let me give you a telephone number, 404-798-6170. I'll repeat that again, 404-798-6170. You can text me there or call me. The other is you can go to our website, ayaed.com, and particularly forward slash C-O-V-I-D hyphen 19. But you know what? Just go to AYAED.com. And if you do there, then uh, you'll be able to get in touch with us. You'll also see a link that will take you to tomorrow night. Uh, There will be our second town hall meeting where we had over 90 people from all around the country uh, learning and beginning to organize and and do these. There are five different things, the five-prong approach. And so you'll learn about that five-prong approach and how you can duplicate it within your circle of influence. And that's what we're talking about. Because we're going to together build our systems, immune system to defeat this coronavirus. Man, I appreciate you, Baba Wakessa. I thank you so much. I will definitely be on the call and I'll be spreading the word about all of this and everything you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're for welcome, my brother. All right, appreciate one last you. time. Mo- Mo- <laughs> <laughs> Take care now. Take care, baby. But I love Wakessa, man. That dude is a uh, uh, 
He's just a ball of wealth. Anybody that knows him knows that dude is just him and Baba Jahai. Those are my two Babas. I just always call. Uh, but he, uh, this was a perfect segue, man, to the next point. Uh, value your health. So let's get Dr. Peoples in the building. I got, I got contacts. I know people. Hi, it's Nicole. Dr. Nicole, how you doing? Welcome to the Just Elders Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let me just say this. I uh, haven't formally met you, but your husband is like my big brother, my mentor, and uh, he means so much to me. But when he shares your video, <laughs> you've been dropping nothing but straight game online. So I had to bring you on the podcast. So I just want to give you a round of applause for all the work you're doing right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So we're all self-quarantined, uh, self-sheltering, however you want to say it. Uh, and we're launching a campaign called Project COVID. It's an acronym. Mm-hmm. Con- uh, the C is connect with your family, organize your community, value your health, innovate your business, and develop your faith. These are the five things we're encouraging people to do while they're in their homes. And I just wanted to bring you on really quick. Just kind of tell people who you are, what you do, and just some tangible things we can be doing right now to value our health and to begin to make healthy habits. So when we can go outside again, we'll be even healthier than when we came in. Absolutely. So, um, well, thanks again for having me on. I am an internal medicine physician. Um, so I'm sort of like the primary care doctor. Typically people would you know, um, associate me with type of person who takes care of chronic illnesses. Um, my job, I specifically work in a hospital and I take care of patients there, but I also have my own integrative and functional medicine practice where I help people maintain their health and prevent illness. Um, from the in the first place, and also deal with health from a natural standpoint. Um, so that's sort of my background. Um, some of the things that I would suggest people do, and these are the same sorts of things that I would suggest people do, even if COVID wasn't happening. Um, but number one, um, the the main thing most people should be concerned about right now would be their immune system, and so doing things to enhance your immune system uh, would include things like obviously the obvious ones would be washing your hands, staying inside. Um, Right now, that's going to be the most important thing that you can do. But um, from a health standpoint and from a nutrition standpoint, um, monitoring what you eat. You know, I think all of us are sort of locked in the house right now and we could, you know, sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day and um, get quarantine foods that are going to be unhealthful. But a lot of the foods that we eat, the packaged foods, the the easily accessible foods are not going to help your immune system and they're not going to help your waistline either. So you want to make sure that you're choosing things like fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, this is a great opportunity for people to start cooking, getting into their kitchen, spending time with their families and, and preparing meals. Um, these are things that have gotten away from us because we live in an environment where we're always on the go. So if we're, we're forced to stay at home. I think the, the number one thing that we can be doing is, is cooking um, and really getting back to eating a nutritious, balanced um, diet. Um, and again, that's going to help you with your immune system, and it's also going to help with your overall health. I appreciate uh, that. Um, other, that's good. I like mm-hmm. that. Keep going. Keep going. Um, other things I would say is, you know, even though we are, uh, you know, self quarantining right now, that doesn't mean you can't get out. Um, and I would definitely 
would not suggest that people stay in their homes per se. I mean, getting out on your porch, walking around your neighborhood, if it's safe and if you have, you know, easy walkable streets, um, I would definitely do that as long as you're, you know, abiding by the six uh, foot rule and thinking, um, staying away from people in close contact. Um, and also reminding people not to touch things. So if you're walking somewhere, you know, don't sit on a bench, um, you know, uh, just keep your hands to yourself and, um, but stay outside, get some fresh air. Um, it's going to be hard right now, particularly in Georgia with the pollen count the way it is. But if you could tolerate being outside, um, getting some exercise would be the other thing um, that we say we don't have enough time to do. And now you have nothing but time. So, um, <laughs> and that's something you could do with your family as well, you know? Right. Right, right. I love it. Is there, um, I know everybody may hit me up like, are you taking your vitamins? What vitamins are you taking? What vitamins do you suggest people take right now? So right now, um, I think vitamin C uh, and it is probably my favorite antioxidant and um, immune boosting supplement. Um, the thing about vitamin C and the thing about vitamins in general, and I talk about this a lot, is quality really matters and um, the way you take it really matters because oftentimes vitamin C can be very disruptive to the, the gut system and give you kind of the run. So you want to make sure you're using buffered vitamin C or a liquid vitamin C. I use one called um, that's a liposomal form of a vitamin C, which basically means it gets absorbed um, uh through your sort of saliva, you take it and you let it sit in your mouth and it gets absorbed that way. Um, so vitamin C is a really important one, but I think a lot of people are taking the wrong kinds of vitamin C. So you want to look for a buffered vitamin C or a buffered liposomal form of vitamin C. Um, another thing would be vitamin D. Um, that's going to be a general immune booster. Um, most of us are, have very low vitamin D levels and that you can actually have your, your levels checked. Um, but right now, if you're unable to get your levels checked, I would say taking about 2,000 um, international units of vitamin D would be really great um, just to kind of make sure your vitamin D levels are where they're supposed to be. Um, and then uh, from a botanical standpoint, uh, specific uh, botanicals that have been used and shown to help people with viral illnesses um, would be things like elderberry and echinacea. Um, yeah, that's what those I'm on have right been now. studied. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, quality matters, right? So you want to make sure that you're getting a, a, <laughs> a, a form that that is absorbed into the body. You have to make sure that the company that makes it is also um, uh, been the, the quality has been tested, and you make sure that it doesn't have impurities in it. So, elderberry, echinacea, vitamin C, vitamin D, those would be my big ones. All right, I had you got me checking myself out. Like, man, let me see if I'm eating some drinking some. Raggedy elderberry. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me checking out like, oh man, I probably got that uh that cheap version trying to save five dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, it, hey, that's a real issue, you know. But I mean, the, what I would tell people, and it's hard, you know. In my in my practice, I usually um use specific grades and specific products that you can't get over the counter. But I know they make really good brands that you can get over the counter. But what I would say is, you know, if you're trying to figure out what brands to get, two ways to do that. You can either um, talk to a person who knows a lot about um, uh, uh, supplements and not just the person at the store, but like a, a natural doctor, a doctor who prescribes uh, pharmaceutical, um, nutraceuticals. Um, and then the other thing is you could do your own research. So go to the site, make sure that they 
do things called third-party testing, which basically means that a company outside of the company that makes the product is actually testing it to make sure that the product is quality. Um, and so that just is probably one of the biggest challenges is finding a high-quality supplement. Um, so that, that's what I would say about that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, how can the people uh, get in touch with you and support you or do anything you're doing, follow your information that you're sharing online? Absolutely. So they can go to my website, which is drnicolepeoples.com. I also have an Instagram, which is uh, People's Functional Medicine. My Facebook is People's Functional Medicine. Um, and on my website there, I do have an area where you can shop and you can look for high-quality professional-grade supplements. So if you're really interested and finding supplements that way. Um, that on um, my YouTube, which is also um, Dr. Nicole Peoples, um, I have some videos on there right now that talk about all of the supplements that I I use. Um, I talk about nutrition. I talk about fitness. I talk about stress. I talk about sleep. So all of that's on my YouTube, um, and there's also um, a link there that will show you how to find supplements if you're interested. Oh, well, see, you should have just said that. We'll definitely buy them from you. That's what we do. We support black businesses around here. So we will definitely uh, put that link. If you could, after we get off, text all that information to us. We will put that information in our show notes so our listeners can support everything you're doing. Absolutely. So, Dr. Peoples, thank you for being the doctor to the people. We appreciate you. And, again, continue doing the great work. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Boy, I just found out I got some raggedy elderberry, boy. <laughs> but, hey, you know, you, you know one, one of the phrases that I hate the most is, uh, if you know better, you do better. So now, niggas be thinking they do it. Well, I'm drinking elderberry every day. Every day I'm drinking elderberry. <laughs> I'm doing the cheap kind Damn Shit Alright so I was calling Sharif He is the owner and creator of WeBuyBlack.com I would argue Probably one of the most important voices For black businesses Right now in the nation I wanted him to come on And talk about How you can innovate Your business And uh, I can speak on it Y'all know I do business uh, As well But right now As entrepreneurs man I really feel like This is a great opportunity For you to really Sit down Look at your business model And see Am I equipped And am I um, Digital proof Like Will the digital age Take your business out Right now We're seeing A lot of businesses Are not Digital proof When a lot of these restaurants When they shut down Boom, they wasn't even set up on third-party platforms like Uber Eats and uh, Postmates. And one thing about it, I was just talking to somebody today, a lot of these apps are getting new customers they would have never got. Like these older, my grandma, my auntie, like that, nah, I know I know them at Maddie Mays. I just go and pull up and get my plate. Like everybody having to do delivery if you don't want to cook right now. So... I think as business owners, you got to really sit down. What am I doing and how can I digitize it? How can I take it to another level? Um, One thing I do, I think probably one of the best case studies we have right now is the D-Nice story. Uh, DJ's been going live forever. So he's definitely not the first to do it. The difference is, it's D-Nice. He's the celebrity DJ. Like He's the DJ for all the celebrities. But he could have been chilling. 
He ain't need no money right now. Like he could have just been vibing at the house, but he got on, started doing his thing, and he took off. Like now he just got paid by the NBA to do their live. I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be the only live he gonna do. But dude out here getting money. So like there's a whole nother game out here now. Like I'm seeing concerts. Like I don't went to the Erica Badu concert, the Algebra Blessed concert, the uh Anthony Hamilton concert, the uh Char- Charlie Wilson concert, and the Kim concert is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I don't went to so many concerts. Bro, it's gonna be hard to charge me. <laughs> hey, at least Erica Badu was smart. She charged a dollar. Erica Badu was smart. Like I ain't gonna lie. I had called Troy. I was like, bro, that's it. I was about to start like doing like paid concerts, but we were going to give a proceeds to charity. So I had called Richard Dunn. Richard Dunn, he does pretty much every concert you see at Center Stage in Atlanta, in the Tabernacle. He His company is a part of bringing that act there. Um, so I called him. He was down. We were like, sure, we about to do this. Troy was going to put up the platform. He was going to reach out to an artist. We're going to do the first concert, charge $5, give a proceeds to a nonprofit, and just kind of keep trying to re- uh, redo it. Man, the very next day, Elton John announced his charity benefit concert online. <laughs> business open, business closed. <laughs> we still could have did it, but now everybody doing them for free now. So it's kind of like, uh, it's hard to, unless you can get like a, my boy Chris Brown ain't did one yet. Now I ain't gonna lie, when Chris Breezy, when he come out, it's over, bro. I'm Chromecasting that concert. Big screen. <laughs> but for my business owners, man, what I want y'all to do is really just sit down. How can we take this to the next level? If you don't have a website, definitely need to get a website now. Uh, if you got services, make it where people can buy them online. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. You now see having an online presence is very important. And social distancing does not mean business is over. It means businesses are going to become more challenging. It means businesses are going to become more digital, but it does not mean business is over. Unfortunately, there are going to be some businesses we lose throughout this whole process, but we got to do our part and support what we can. So if you could um, support WeBuyBlack.com They got a lot of amazing businesses on there You can go to Spendify.com Most of the restaurants that are on there Are actually um, on Uber Eats And all of these different platforms And hit me up If you're looking for a restaurant to order from And you want to order from a black restaurant I can let you know Because Uber Eats ain't going to tell you if it's black on I'll let you know I got your back So um, let's go to the last one I think this one is the most important And honestly I think COVID-19 has did this the most for me. COVID-19 has helped me develop my faith even more. Um, Because I've been doing these Sunday worship parties. Like, I've been, like, meditating on gospel music all week long. Like, trying to create a playlist, but in the process of creating a playlist, I'm being ministered to. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible to listen to these songs and not feel that word and not hear that message so uh i really man my spirit is full like i'm excited i'm loving it so i'm excited about this person on the call man my pastor pastor Derek rice
Hello. Reverend Rice. Yes, sir. Man, first of all, let me just say welcome to the Just Elders podcast, sir. It is an honor to have you on. All right. I'm happy to be in the number. Hey, um, uh, this morning, your daughter did an amazing job, sir. Man, yeah, I just stopped crying about 10 minutes ago. Man, when I say, hey, look, because when I seen you was announcing that, I was like, which daughter it was about to be? And when I seen it was when I seen it was your twin, I was like, oh, this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a big deal right here. Man, on a on a whole lot of levels. There's a whole lot of story that led up to that. But we, we thank God that God is in control and not daddy. Man, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, um, you know, the world right now is supposed to be self quarantining, self sheltering. And uh, trying to help us slow down the curve of this uh, COVID-19, this coronavirus. And um, I predict we're going to be at home a little longer than we expected. Um, and in that process, what we're launching is what we call them Project COVID. Um, it is a campaign, a five-pronged campaign of what we should be doing right now in this downtime while we are slowed down and trying to figure out what's next. So the five steps, the C is connect with your family. The O is organize your community. The V is value your health. The I is innovate your business. And last but not least, the D is develop your faith. And um, right now, I feel like even more than ever, this is an opportunity for people of faith, those who have went astray from their faith, to really tap in and develop because as we see, we can't do this on our own. We don't have the answers. Our administration don't have the answers. So obviously the answer has to come from somebody else with a lot more power. And I believe that's God and regardless of who you call him. So I wanted to kind of talk to you, tell the people who you are and the pastor of the church you uh you uh lead and just kind of some practical points what we can take away of how we can begin to develop our faith in these times. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for uh, for having me on uh, the podcast. I consider it an honor. Uh, my name is Derek Rice. I'm, I'm Pastor Derek Rice of Sankofa United Church of Christ. Uh, there's some that refer to me as the People's Pastor. Yes, sir. Um, I'm an individual who uh, recognizes that uh, a responsibility. Uh, ministry, most of the miracles that Jesus uh, performed took place on the outside of the church. And so I'm being very intentional uh, since the day that I accepted my call to ministry to do as much ministry on the outside of the church um, as possible. And one of the things that's uh, interesting is, well, you asked me to talk about the church. The church is located in the West End. Uh, we're at 1187 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Uh, we're a church that is unashamedly black and unapologetically Christian, and we are uh, usually either shoulder to shoulder or leading uh, the charge on issues of uh, social justice in uh, the city of Atlanta, the metropolitan area, and in many instances across the country. And so, again, we're thankful uh, to be a part of the show. But in terms of uh, identifying uh, a few points that might be helpful, um, as I as I looked at the text that you sent me when you were, I mentioned that you were launching this charge uh, to connect family, organize the community, 
value our health, innovate your business, and develop your faith. Uh, I'm not sure who uh, the thought leaders were that you had for uh, the first few uh, letters of an acronym, uh, but with all due respect to uh, all of those leaders, and I'd be surprised if I did not know all or at least most of them. One of the things you know, that hit me, I know them all. Okay? You already, you already One, know. You, you already know who it is. <laughs> right, 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 right. But. One of the, and so now that I know that I know who they are, I've been trying to tell those brothers uh, for probably 14 years now uh, that uh, when we engage in, in work like Let Us Make Man, where thought leaders on issues that we think are germane to reclaiming black manhood and ultimately the black community, uh, we've got now 14 uh, uh, workshops, if you will, that are germane to that work. And uh, because all of us in that organization are very proud individuals who have literally committed our lives to doing that work, we all genuinely believe um, that our workshop, our work, the work that God has called us to, is the most important, is the baddest, and will be the most well-attended um, workshops in, on that particular day. But humbly, what I really want to offer is the fact that this idea of faith really encompasses each one of the uh, 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 letters in the acronym. And I would just implore, uh, invite your members to take a look. Uh, I am a Christian pastor. I don't mind what you call God. I just insist, implore, and suggest that you call God something, particularly during these times. If you don't recognize that we now, as you just alluded to, elders, need God more than ever, um, something's wrong with your wood and your wiring, and I pray that you get it right. Um, but then uh, one of the, the sacred texts that uh, we as a community look look at, um, the Bible, uh, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews gives the definition that I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with uh, of faith. And that definition is a definition that simply says, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Um, and we know that. We've heard that in Sunday school. Some of us mock the church because we hear it so much. But I would implore, invite your listeners to go and look at that entire chapter because what it does is it lays out how by faith all of the individuals that are listed in chapter one as people who live their lives based on that definition of faith and each of those stories covers each one of the letters of your acronym. By faith, there's got some somebody's listed in there who organized their community. By faith, there's somebody who's listed in Chapter 11 as individuals who valued their health, that developed overall their faith, that connected their families. If you read Chapter 11, all of it is in there. And so what I, I would offer is it's, this is a time for us to be very intentional about trying to get back to the basics that our ancestors uh, led the way and uh, are prepared for us, right? Because the question becomes, in my mind, particularly when we're moving through unprecedented times, uncharted waters, which is what obviously describes the time that we're in now, uh, one of the questions that ought pop into most of our minds is, how is it that a handful of people, seemingly a handful of people, seem to make uh, a difference despite the times that they're living in. No matter how dark it is, no matter how tumultuous it is, there's a handful of people, our history suggests, that despite what was going on around them, 
that they were able to uh, make a difference despite that. So, so during during some of the darkest hours of our history, we know that David Wa- David Walker uh, made an appeal. I'm not going to give all the information. Google some of these names and or what they did. Uh, Reverend Sojourner told the truth, but there was something about how she told the truth. Reverends, Reverends Nat Turner, Gabriel Prosser, and Denmark, B.C. resisted, right? And so, again, the question is, how is it that during some of these darkest hours of our reality that those kinds of individuals and people like Martin marched and Malcolm mystified our folks and Rosa rebelled for our folks and Garvey warned us of a whirlwind uh, that would change our folks? And what I've learned is that the common thread that's woven through the tapestry of teachers like some of those that I've just named is the fact that all of them had a fortified faith that led them to move through that that they were going through, not because they stopped because it got hot or it got dark, but because they never lost their faith. They never stopped practicing their faith. They never stopped leading with their faith. I think that's a critically important point to make. These individuals, if you go back and look at their stories in detail, people talk about Marcus Garvey being one of the baddest Pan-Africans ever to walk the earth. And he was, but he never opened up one of the meetings of the UNIA without a word of scripture, a hymn from the Christian hymn. No, he started and did the work that he did, organizing Africans from all over the world without a Twitter feed, without an Instagram That's account, right. without a Facebook. He organized people on different hemispheres. Won't be real clear on what I'm saying. And it was because that his faith was what came first. And so we don't get to move in ways that allow us to step our faith up to 10 when the enemy is moving at a level 10. If we simply make a, make a commitment to operate our faith at a level seven and a half or eight, by the time the enemy comes around for what we view as unprecedented times, that we're so connected to the one that has no issues with what we see as unprecedented. God ain't sitting in heaven right now twiddling God's thumbs, wondering what God is going to do about COVID-19. God already knows. Right. And the question becomes those of us that have the most, the highest levels of anxiety, most of us have the highest levels of anxiety because our connection to God is not what it used to be, and we're wishing that we were hearing from God like we used to. And that connection is what will make us a whole lot more comfortable as we travel along, as the old folks used to say, along this tedious journey, right? And so I'm reminded of uh, one of one of our good friends, Derek Bozeman, teases uh, individuals who uh, love their animals the way that they do. And I am a dog lover. In fact, Derek Bozeman uh, is such a good friend of mine. About the Negro talked me into buying another dog just about six, seven, eight, nine months ago. And he lied to me. And I'm glad I'm saying this on this podcast <laughs> so he can hear it again. But he lied to me and said, if you buy one, I'll buy one. And we took our dog home on the same day. And this Negro gave his away. And I still got it. Hey, look, 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 that was our dog, man. I was walking that dog. Man, that didn't make no sense, right? So I, I, I didn't realize that when Malcolm told us what to look out for, that it wasn't just uh, oppressors that would hoodwink and bamboozle you. But back, <laughs> you were your back friends, to point, too. <laughs> that I'm trying to get to, though, is I, I'm a dog lover for real, so much so that for 15 years I had uh, 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 an Akita named Shadow who grew to 130 pounds. He came before my children came. He was the first gift that I bought for 
my ex-wife. And one of the things that was amazing as I got to know Shadow is uh, there were patterns in his life. And not only were there patterns in his life, his life led me to really appreciate a story that a preacher friend of mine told, true story, that she talked about how there was a time uh, 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 when her dog got lost. And one of the things when Shadow got old that he would do all of the time is get lost. One time I found him three subdivisions away from where we live. He would always get lost, right? Sometimes I'd have to go find him. Every now and again, he'd make his way back home. But this sister tells a story of how she had a similar problem with her dog. She said her dog liked to go outside of the gate. She had a whole gate that was there for protection. And then around the gate, she had an invisible electronic gate that was designed, connected to this chain that he had on his collar. It was designed to keep him inside these sort of fortress levels, if you will. And every so often, he would move beyond the physical gate and move beyond the electronic gate. The gate was, was, was there for his protection, it marked the boundary, but even though he was only supposed to uh, stay on the inside of the gate, the story goes that the dog figured out the right point in not only the gate, but the electronic portion that he could get through and not get shocked and be gone. So on a particular night, it was a cold night, it was a stormy night, the dog got outside of the gate, and she told her mother to let the dog find her way home. But the mother, who was actually the owner of the dog, get what I'm saying, because I'm going somewhere, uh, said, no, I'm a compassionate owner. What I'm going to do is go find my dog, even though it's dark outside, even though it's cold outside, even though it's rainy outside. And the mama left and came back 15 minutes later, she's back with the dog. Much to her astonishment, the daughter wanted to know, how was it that you found the dog that quick? And is that dog, is that cold, and is that rainy outside? How did you do that? Here's what the mother said very clear. All I did was I searched the paths that me and the dog have traveled together on such a regular basis. And so just like you've been walking that dog that Bozeman said was going to be his dog, there's some paths that have been followed on a regular basis. That's right? right. Even though it's dark outside, even though it's storming outside, there's some paths that that dog is familiar with. And so the mother said, I searched the path that we traveled together because I thought I would find the dog somewhere close to the path that we've walked so many times. So, yeah, she got out of the gate. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, we were nervous for a moment. But some, someone that's listening right now ought recognize that I ain't just talking about no dog. You're talking because about us. The truth of the matter is that situation is just like God and us who are owned by God, whatever you call God. No matter what the circumstances that we go through, our owner is always going to come looking for us, hoping that we've not strayed too far from the path that we've traveled with the owner so many times before in our lives. Here's why that becomes a challenge for most of us. Most of us ain't been traveling with God, so we ain't got no path for God to come check out, check us out. This is true. Most of us do real good. Uh, uh, on social media, I, I man, I have been to three parties today on social media. This this quarantine has gotten me more more uh, back in tune with music, like I used to be. And you you can turn on the Facebook anytime, all day, every day. I, I looked up, I didn't realize how I didn't know that D Nice was as, as good a DJ as he was. One night there was one hundred and forty thousand individuals on the DJ party 
for uh, for DJ D Nice. Right. I was so I was so fired up. This is a little bit off the topic, but you know, I like to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I dialed in to D Nice's party. I didn't realize that brother's name was Derek, like my name is Derek. And as soon as I dialed into the party, this dude is jamming, and I see this pretty girl's pro- profile, it pops up. Her name was Jasmine, Jasmine C. I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. It pops up, <laughs> and as soon as I dialed in, the sister said, ooh, Derek, your profile looked like you and Halle would make a good couple. Now, I've been told the day before that Halle Berry had been dialing in to D-Nice's show, and as soon as she said it, <laughs> hey, man, I got a student shot. I didn't know that this brother's name was Derek. I, my name is Derek, so immediately, we don't need to lose no time. I typed immediately, Halle, I'm down if you now. And for the next two or three minutes, everybody in the room laughed at me, making it clear, Negro, she ain't talking about you. She's talking about the DJ. But here's the thing. When you're connected to God, I believe that I've got the kind of faith that can do the impossible. It's a laughing matter when we hear that Holly might have been shooting at Derek Wright. Listen to what I'm saying, man. I, I believe I can do anything. Move the unmovable, change the unchangeable, and even have Holly hit on me in front of 140,000 folks. <laughs> but, I but, love but, it. I love it. Yeah, man, but 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 on the very serious side, man, there's some things uh, during this during this period that we need to be fully engaged in that not only get us through now, but prepare us for what's yet to come. Because if we can't see that the systems that govern the way that we live our lives now are being intentionally uh, uh, manipulated, such that there's going to be a new norm for us right now, and so the question becomes. Are you fortified with the kind of faith that will uh, uh, prepare you to move through so many more unknowns? And so just in terms of giving a few points as you ask, I would suggest that first, we need to shift the outlook that we have on life in general. And I would suggest that our outlook ought be what scholars in the academy call an ontological outlook. I'm just using that language because I put a, a feeler out there to feel what kinds of folks you have called in. And since I now know that it's many of our brothers that are friends of ours, those are some very intelligent individuals. That means that they probably said some erudite things. So I need to drop a couple 50-cent words. <laughs> and so our outlook ought to be ontological. And it's just a big word that suggests that uh, 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 the study of ontology, right? And ontology ain't nothing but a word that means it talks about understanding your being, right? And so the idea is that once you have a clear understanding of your being, then your seeing is going to come together and be in line with the one that made you be. Here's what I mean. An ontological outlook recognizes that there's nothing in you, around you, or about you that is not tied to the one that made you. And when you keep your focus in line with that, there's nothing that can come up to you that has power over you. And so oftentimes folks hear me say in preaching moments that we are not circumscribed by circumstances. And what I mean by that is the fact that because of me knowing about my isness, I recognize that even though the right now that I'm going through right now does not change what my oughtness ought to be. Because mm. God is the one that made me. There's some things that just should not shake me. Now I got to move in a 
in, in a matter where I'm utilizing the cognitive gifts that God has given me too. I ain't going outside and being outside on a regular basis. A whole lot of people getting with a whole lot of people and you don't recognize you bringing some stuff home that will kill you. Now, somebody's going to understand what I'm saying. I'm going to leave that alone right there, right? But I'll look off the But then I want to suggest that we plan to move through these next periods of time recognizing that the power that we're looking for when we start calling on our faith is a process. There's some people who sound like they have closer relationships with God. When the truth of the matter is the relationship is not that much closer, it's really just a function of them having gone through the process and not taking as many breaks from the process. Right. God loves all of God's people the same. Except me, I don't mean to be a hater or what have you, but I'm genuinely God's favorite child. But after me, God loved everybody. Everybody the same. <laughs> the same way. Right. And so, so the thing is, if we just spend regular time, it's like those of us who are former athletes. I know you used to play football. I used to play basketball and baseball. There are some things that even as an over 50-year-old man now that I can do because I did it for so long with my eyes closed. I can dribble the ball with my left hand, with my right hand. I can go through cones and dribble certain patterns because I've done it so much. It doesn't mean that my relationship with the game is better than yours. I've put more time into the game than you have, so there's some things that it's not that I'm better than you because the God that made me is the same one that made you. You have the capacity to do the same thing that I can do. But if you ain't dribbled for as many years as I have, that's something I'm going to get you on every time. Not because I'm better, but because I paid my dues, right? So the question becomes, during these periods of time, how, how much, if we're honest, how much dues have we paid? Mm. How, 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 much, how, how, how much have we offered ourselves as living sacrifices, wholly unacceptable unto God? How much? Now, people who know me as a minister know that I'm not... Uh, a, a, a scripture quoting quip, uh, a, a preacher that's going to beat you over the head with the text. But I believe that we're living in a time where those texts have to come alive. This is and true. so that text, working ourselves, uh, offering ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. For those who don't want to hear no church stuff, let me help you be real clear. The this that I'm talking ain't so otherworldly that it's no earthly good. Mm. When the, when the proposition is made that we ought be uh, people who will uh, present ourselves and offer ourselves as living sacrifices unto God, look at the first sermon that Jesus preached. Jesus, in the book of Luke, chapter 4, said very clearly that the Spirit, that the uh, Spirit of the Lord has anointed me uh, to preach good news to the poor. Most of us church folk who spend a lot of time in church, we shout on that one line alone. But the rest of the verses that follow that, all the way down through verse 4, they say the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to set captives free. He's talking about political prisoners. Because Europeans from Rome had come over to Northeast Africa, and they had occupied Northeast Africa, and the handful of people who might have the unmitigated goal to start a podcast called uh, Jeff Eldridge 
those were the individuals that ended up being political prisoners because the uh, the Romans did not want the Africans' ears to be opened up and eyes to be opened up, such that they would be fighters for their own liberation. Mm. And so Jesus said, my ministry is designed to set them captives free. It further says, my, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to fight for oppressed people. People wonder why. Why are you always in the crowd when somebody's fighting for justice? Because I'm trying to do what Jesus did. Right. The man said very clearly right there in the first text, my ministry is about fighting for oppressed people. Here's a question, podcast listeners. When's the last time you fought for somebody that was oppressed? And so if the overall charge, if the overall charge is to look at this COVID challenge that you've given, and one of the pieces is to develop one's faith. And your faith ain't lining up with Jesus' faith. Now, I like good music uh, anytime I can hear it. I just told you I like house music. I like gospel. I like it all. But at the end of the day, just because you're going to a worship service where Negroes go to on the mule to get made to feel good because the music sounded good and the sermon was super good. And I got no problem with it. Every now and again, we get a good sermon at St. Kofi United Church of Christ. But if it does not lead you to do ministry like Jesus did on the outside of the church, we play in church. And clearly, I want to say this very, very, very definitively. Anytime the word white supremacy is the word that gets mentioned on MSNBC and CNN just about every day now before we came up with this COVID-19 situation. If white folks are now making the language white supremacy a word that is not one that scares white people, you need to be real clear that they're comfortable with what's coming next. And if you don't have your faith in order, if you're not living your faith like a rebel against the Roman Empire like Jesus did, you're about to be in trouble. Right but there. to finish what that Luke chapter 4 text says, it says, set captives free, fight for oppressed people, bring recovery of sight to, our, uh, to the blind, and proclaim the year of our Lord's faith. Listen to what the Bible is saying way back then that applies today. The year of our Lord's favor is the year of jubilee. The year of jubilee, every 49 or 50 years, however you count it. We only want to get into a theological debate. But the year of jubilee is the year that oppressed African people said on this year, we're not paying you no taxes, government. And we've taken the land that you took from us back. Anybody know anything about gentrification that listens to your podcast? It's not not land being taken away from folks. You you used to be scared to walk through the neighborhood. Now you got to pay to walk through the neighborhood. The year of Jubilee, if you're doing ministry the way Jesus did, it says, on one year at least, we've taken it back. I, 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 I might not get invited back to the podcast. I'm going to be clear about telling the truth when I got my six <laughs> minutes of fun, five minutes of fun, whatever it is. Right? The, next, the next piece that I want to say very quickly is you got to understand this faith piece that you asked me to talk briefly about is the fact that we've got to go into this thing, living our lives in a manner of faith. That is not one that says I need to pick it up now because there's anxiety all over the country, all over the world. But living is such that it becomes a part of who I am. It's just, it's just woven through the tapestry of what makes me. But when it's woven through you like that, you begin to move in a way that you understand that one day we're going to win. 
Right. It don't matter if martial law ends up coming our way, which I don't believe they have the capacity to do. If I'll be honest with you, that's a whole different argument. I can get to that some other time. But the point is, some of us are afraid because we are now seeing armored Humvees rolling into a whole lot of cities throughout the country, and people are saying, oh, martial law is on the way. I would argue to you that martial law, as it was written when the idea was initially presented, is actually something that's already upon us even right now. We're looking for the tanks, and they already listen to every conversation you have on your phone anyway. Right. You don't realize you're living under martial law now? Say the wrong thing to the wrong person and see what happens. I mean, they've been listening to my phone calls for the last 12 years. Every now and again, i got to keep them honest and say, I hear you listening to me. All I'm doing is trying to organize my people. I, I don't want no smoke. But I'm going to do what Jesus called me to do. And the faith that I have is a faith, which is the last point that I want to raise is, it, it, it makes us move in a way that we know that one day we're going to win. So even though it seems that right now they've got all the power, they've got all the chips, they got access to all the levers, all of these things are very real. That's what it looks like. The God that we serve says that when we begin to use the tools that God has given us, the book that I read and the way that I read it, this one sacred text, I get that the Bhagavad Gita is a sacred text. I get that the Quran is a sacred text. I, I get that the book of all of the Odus, depending on which African tradition you practice, there's one that's got thousands. That's, I, I get that all of those are sacred texts. Hell, I, I believe that the books of poetry from the Harlem Renaissance are sacred texts for us. I'm just trying to make it clear. I ain't hung up on what you call God. And I'm not hung up on what books that we use that are sacred. As long as they're connecting us to the one that made us, when we look at all of the sacred texts, what we recognize is if we stay connected to God and follow the blueprint that God has given us, the book that I read most from the standpoint of spirituality, the Bible, that book is a response to oppression. Mm-hmm. And in the real sense, question that you're asking right now is, how do we respond, Reverend Wright, to this oppressive time that has come upon us in the form of a dis-ease. But the truth of the matter is, it's not just a dis-ease. This government knew about this this, this, this dis-ease three or four months ago. And they made a conscious decision not to tell y'all darkies. Right. It's just a hoax. Let them niggas die. And now that the economy is crashing, we got to hurry up and do something about it and recreate history so that we can move in the way that it looks like I did what I needed to do to try to get reelected. I'm suggesting get connected with the book, whichever book you want to get connected to, because all of them tell the same truth about the same God is just a different name. But get connected to it, and we don't have to have any more COVID challenges because we will then be living our lives in a way that is just consistent with who we be. Our ontology will be safe. It'll be in place. And the paths that we're walking are paths that God can just go right back to the last time we walked and say, I know elders is right over around the corner because that's where we walk all the time. Mm. I'm going to go drop on elders what it is I need to drop on them because there's a whole getting up meeting that needs to take place. And if you can't hear God's voice, you ain't going to make it to the meeting. And we're about to get up in some ways that our ancestors prayed for 
And God called us during this time for a time such as this to use these tools that God has given us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there and do whatever you, you, you want me to do. Hey, Rev, first of all, let me just thank you for all of the gems and the wisdom that you just dropped on the podcast. Uh, I will say this. I definitely gave you more time than anybody else that's on the podcast because I do feel like this is one of the most important steps uh, wow. of this plan. So I appreciate you for doing what you always do and giving that wisdom and insight. Just tell people how they can get connected with Sankofa Church and uh, how they can get, uh, stay in touch with you. Um, Sankofa United Church of Christ is located at 1187 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Uh, we worship on Sunday morning at uh, 10 o'clock uh, in that space. Obviously, during this uh, period of time, we don't have the capacity to worship in person. So we would invite everyone to please go to our Facebook page. And I think we're doing it from Instagram uh, uh, live as well. But you can go and catch our worship experience every Sunday at 10 o'clock live. Uh, we take five or six people into the, the sanctuary, and we still have church. And so we had a powerful worship experience today, and we're going to have a powerful worship experience on next Sunday. And on Facebook, it is at Sankofa UCC Atlanta. Sankofa UCC Atlanta. You can look at, uh, I have a public page on Facebook, Pastor Derek Rice. All of the information is there. You can go to the Sankofa UCC church page. All of the information is there. And my personal page is D, the letter D, Pastor D. Rice. But I don't have any more room for any more friends. But if you could, I think you can go and just pull Pop that up. They can follow you. And they can still follow you on your personal page. So y'all make sure y'all oh, follow. Can. Yep. They can follow. It's follow it's a, yeah, it's a little follow button on there. Okay, so you can follow me on my personal page, D Pastor D Rice, or Pastor Derek Rice. Uh, my Twitter and IG handles are uh, Pastor D Rice nineteen eleven, because the greatest fraternity ever uh, <laughs> created uh, was organized in nineteen eleven. Uh, you had uh, uh, my producer. My producer begs to differ with you, right? It's all right. Tell him to read his Bible. The book says, "The future one, nine, has one, nine, one, purple four. and gold." One nine one four. <laughs> Hey, he sound like Ken Love. <laughs> look, exactly, exactly. Uh, man, with that being said, again, Rev, thank you very much, man, just for jumping on this call and uh, dropping the knowledge and dropping the gems. And I'll be sharing this link with you so you can share it out to everybody. God bless you, man. Thank you so much for including me. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, great health and, and prayerfully, folks get as, as back in tune with God as possible during this critical time. Because on the very serious side, I'd like to. We've in the series with with joking a little bit, but we God is preparing us for a very real time. And I'm hoping that everybody hears uh, what God is using me to share, so that we can take some closer steps to God. Let's do it. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Peace. You heard it there, Rob. Pastor Derek Rice, man. Uh, I love that brother, man. I will say this. Pastor Rice of Sankofa United Church of Christ. Anybody don't know heard, heard my story? I grew up in a 99% white church. Left that church, went to a um, non-denominational uh, interracial church, but it was still heavily, probably 50% Caucasian. And after I left that church, I was just kind of done with Christianity in a sense. Not, I wasn't necessarily done with Christianity. I was done with Christian churches, if that makes sense. 
Like, because nobody was really talking about, like, you can't be a pastor and you're not talking about what's happening with Trayvon Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't talk about what's happening against black people and you got black people in your audience. You got to give us something to go to the next level. But Derek Rice, when I met him, man, and I started going to his church, he was the first pastor that showed me. He helped me reconcile my Christianity and my blackness. That's what he did for me. Uh, so check out Sankofa.church. That's Sankofa.church. You can learn more about them on their website. I appreciate him. Um, this was good, bro. This was good. What you feel? What you What you feel about everything you heard today, kid? I mean, <laughs> I feel one thing I will say. I like giving people the charge and giving people a call to action, right? I like having a clear direction on what we need to be doing. I like this whole project COVID. So I love that. And I love the podcast. Um, like I said, bro, I, to me, it's the new normal. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that school's canceled, school's probably going to be canceled till May. That means I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with my kids for the next four months. Because you got April, May, June, July. Hopefully, when August comes back, school will come back. But I've been hearing reports that. This shit is like the flu, and then when it gets cold again, it could come back. Now, one thing I will say: if this shit come back at the end of the year, then, <laughs> y'all, I'm, <laughs> then I'm taking it serious. <laughs> this shit, <laughs> but this motherfucker right here, boy. Ooh, hey man, now this was dope. I really. You know, I appreciate it, man. So, look, y'all, Project COVID, this is the new move. Um, we'll go through it one more time. While we are self-quarantining, self-sheltering, staying in our house, C, we need to connect with our families. Uh, o, we need to organize in our communities. V, we need to value our health. I, we need to innovate our businesses. And last, D, develop our faith. Um, y'all, y'all heard it. While you sitting at home, this is your opportunity to be a part of something big, uh, to come out better than what we went in. So, as we go out, I challenge everybody to take this challenge. I challenge everybody to take this challenge and be a part of the change, man. Let's be the change that we want to see, and let's make it work. Thank you for tuning in. This has been an episode of the Jess Elders Podcast. We will see y'all next week. <laughs>